for listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. And this is episode number 154. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I am your host, GC Lee Pulford, and I am so grateful to be back here again this week with you with another incredible, powerful guest. But before we get into that conversation, you know, I have to remind you that if you have yet to send me your podcast reviews or any write-ups you have or voice memos talking about how God has blessed you over these last four years, please send them to me so I can compile an awesome celebration episode for the end of this season. You can send those to my email, helloawesomeshop at gmail.com or DM them to me on Instagram at helloawesomelive. Even if it's a short little snippet, send it in. I want to hear from you. My guest today is Zim Flores. She is a wife. She is a mother. She is an author, a podcaster, but most of all, she's a lover of Jesus. And today she talks about how there was a change when she became a mother and what God has taught her about saying goodbye to past seasons and saying hello to new ones. We discuss trusting God to take hard things and to make them good and how we should try to be careful when it comes to our reactions and our emotions and our responses to things so that we can truly be who God has called us to be. This is an awesome, awesome conversation. And I'm so blessed to have Zim talk about this with such conviction and such truth. I hope that you are blessed as well. Here we go, guys. This is episode number 154 that I am calling Beauty of Grace with Zim Flores. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. This is the point where I usually share sponsored ads and all of my sponsors share their amazing deals that they have with you. But since this is the last season of the podcast, I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for supporting these faith-based businesses these last four years. If you want to continue supporting anything, well, how about buying some of my books? If you go on Amazon, just type in my name, JC, J-A-C-Y, Pulford, P-U-L-F-O-R-D, and you will find all of my titles right there on Amazon. The awesome thing is if you have Prime, your books will ship in just a couple of days. I have on there some awesome devotions that will help you with your mental health, with forgiveness, with your power of influence. I also have Bible study guides if you're struggling with your devotion time or if you want to dive into the stories of seven ungodly women of the Bible. I almost forgot to share with you my modest fashion coloring books. I have three out right now and the latest is a garden theme. It has florals, inspirational quotes, scriptures, and of course, beautiful, modest fashion illustrations that anyone at any age can color and have fun with. Thank you guys for supporting the ministry of Hello Awesome. 
be sure to check out my books on Amazon. And just because there won't be any new podcast episodes does not mean there won't be any new books. So be sure to check those out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. We have been having some enriching conversations, and I hope that you have been learning as much as I have been learning through what God has been sharing with us. And today, I'm so excited to have um, my social media buddy, Sim Flores, <laughs> a fellow podcaster. So great, grateful that she has agreed to um, chat with me today. And Zim, if you could just take a little bit of time um, to just share with everybody who you are and what you do. Yes. So my name is Zim Flores. I am an entrepreneur, an investor, um, like JC mentioned, a podcaster. Um, I kind of do a lot of things, so it's very hard to um, share all of it because then I just sound like I'm all over the place. But um, I am an entrepreneur. That's probably the the biggest box that you could put me in. But um, within all of those, uh, my husband and I, we run several different businesses, different types of businesses. Um, I got my start in entrepreneurship um, when I was um, just coming back from living in India. I started a, a travel company um, and that uh, company blew up. And it blew up and it was great. It was, um, it was a, it was an amazing, uh, travel company. We ran small group experiences across the world. And then one day in all of our success, God led me to let that business go. And, um, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was tragic. It was one of those things that you know you have to do, but you don't really want to do. Um, but it was the biggest blessing I think that I could have received. Um, I gave that business up. I, I ended up selling it. Um, and I worked for that company for 18 months before they let me go. Um, and uh, through that journey, I ended up writing my first book, called Dare to Bloom, Trusting God Through Painful Endings and New Beginnings. And that book released at the very end of the pandemic in December of 2020. And I'm just so grateful um, for what God has done through that book, for what God had taught me through that season that I was in. Um, and you know, so that's that's a little snippet of of who I am. But like all of you listening, life is really complex. So there are a lot of things that we are in different seasons. I just became a mother um, last year, and that has been, man, I'm telling you, I feel like going from zero to one mm-hmm. is like a it's a it's a world shifting thing. And not to knock any parents going from one to two or two to three, but man, zero to one, you thought you had it together. And then you have this little tiny human that you have to take care of. And it's just been a learning experience day, day after day, day in and day out. There's a quote that I have on my, uh, one of my cups that I use for tea and coffee. And it says that the days are long, but the years are short. And, um, 
I just, I'm, I'm super grateful that I do work for myself as an entrepreneur because I'm able to be present with her when I, when I need to be. And so that's just a little bit about, uh, a little bit about me. Well, it's really exciting to be on the sidelines, watching it unfold and um, just seeing how God used it all. We never know what he's going to do, what he has in store for us. And those moments can be very scary, especially if you are a go-getter, if you are a planner or you like to have, you know, your ducks in a row and you're like, okay, God, what are you doing next? Because I'm not seeing what you're seeing right now. Right. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it is it's one of those things where it just increases our faith. Right. We know that every step that we take is covered. And even when we don't see what God is doing, we should at least know that he's never going to lead us astray. Yeah. Yeah. So this season we are talking about Martha and Mary, the infamous story of um, these two sisters who uh, really had, you know, both genuine desires to, to do the right thing, um, but they did it differently. And the story in Luke, you know, 10, where Martha is serving and she turns to Jesus sent out of frustration, asks him to, to speak to my sister, help, you know, let her to force her to help me. And, you know, Jesus kind of calms Martha with his words and shares with her, of course, he's not going to do that. And he says this in uh, Luke ten forty two. but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And I just got really struck by that. And I really felt God wanted me to bring this question to my guests this season as we end the podcast, which talk about bittersweet um and you know just kind of present the question what's one thing that jesus has taught you in the past year that you will never forget Hmm. what's one thing that jesus taught me in the past year that i will never forget gosh that is such a big question because i feel like every day i'm learning something new. And so I'm going to my notes. I don't journal every day, but I do try and get my thoughts out in some capacity. So sometimes it's a voice note. Other times it is um, writing or journaling. Um, But I think that the biggest thing that I've learned over the past year. Hmm. Good question. (laughs) It's such a big question. And I'm like, you can take your time. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. There's like so much. Um, I think that it would have to be around becoming a parent, becoming a mother. I think often about how much 
I feel for my daughter, right? Like the emotions that come up when you think about your children. And obviously you grew up reading and listening to scriptures about, um, about how we are children of God and how God will always protect us. He'll always cover us. He'll always shelter us. We are the apple of his eye. I mean, all Mm -hmm. the things that you hear, um, about who God is to his, to his children. And now that I have a daughter of my own, I'm like, God, you have like 8 million children (laughs) and you feel the same way towards all of them. You desire that they all come to repentance. You desire to have a relationship with each and every one of them. And I'm so humbled by the fact that the, the wild and big emotions that I have um, about my daughter and about my family are that much bigger for a great God. And Mm -hmm. I'm oftentimes just struck with the fact that that is, um, that is a reality in the same way that we would fiercely guard our children or fiercely protect them from, the evils of this world is the same type of thing and the same type of relationship, the same type of coverage and, and providence that, um, that God has for us. And so it's just this huge kind of overarching concept. And then within that, um, I think has been another conversation around grace Mm -hmm. and, there's a um there's a woman that I know, her name is Leslie Osei, and um Prophetess Leslie Osei, and she had six children under six years old. She has six children under six years old. So every year she was pregnant. Every single year she was pregnant. God bless her. And <laughs> I you know, um and you know, when I talk to her every time, she always just says, by God's grace. And it really is like, you think about just being a parent, being a mother, Mm -hmm. and you have this to-do list and you have this list of things to do. And you're just like, it's literally by God's grace that any of this stuff gets done. Because (laughs) if your child throws a tantrum, it's over. If, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and, and can you imagine six children? Mm-hmm. under six years old. It, it just requires a lot. And I don't think that I even knew how much it required or would require, um, right. of me. And so those are just two, some of the two things or two of the things that, that I think about when I think about the things that God has taught me this year. Uh, that's really good. I do remember, um, becoming a mom for the first time. Um, it's been 11 years for me. Oh, oh my gosh. Time. And you know, what's funny is you start, I mean, everything gets amplified. Your fears get amplified. Your weaknesses mm-hmm. get amplified, but also your strengths get amplified. And then you start seeing different areas where you're like, okay, this is easier for me to do but that takes a little bit more time or I do need a little bit more finesse in this other area. And I truly don't know how people parent without Jesus. 
Um, yeah, seriously. I think just knowing that we have an advocate on our side, knowing that there's hope and there's love and there's grace, like you said, and that we have his arms to fall back on. We don't feel good enough because he's enough. And I'm just so grateful to have that connection. And also, who better to teach me how to mother, to teach us how to mother, how to parent than our father, like you said, who's our great creator, who's all-knowing and who has crafted us and made us intricate and um, every single part of us. He knows there's such a peace that comes with that. And I think what I keep falling back on is he gives us so much um, room to grow that I think we don't allow ourselves the liberty to have that much room to grow sometimes. I feel like sometimes we're more harder on ourselves. And then God is kind of like, well, you might as you might want to give yourself some grace, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And I, you know, I think that the grace conversation too is also ongoing, right? It's like, we're going to need grace for the rest of our lives. Life is hard. And, um, by his grace, we're able to kind of move through, you know, we're, we're just able to move through our days. Um, but it's, it is really only by his grace. Yeah. I think we have to really come down to, um, you know, I, I know for me, it was always like, um, that struggle between perfection and being flexible. And, you know, I, I want, like you said, you have this schedule that you think you, you know, it's going to work. And then your child has a tantrum or a blowout or is sick. Oh my gosh. Something yeah. happens like that. And you're like, okay, we're shifting gears now. <laughs> the, yeah. the day is changing now. And the changing of the tide of the day, um, I think can send anyone just like over the edge because you don't know what to expect. How can I prepare for what's going to happen? Um, yeah. but you know, when there's inconsistency like that in our days, we need a consistent one and God is that. And um, yeah, I just remember, I mean, oh my gosh, I think my my son had like bad acid reflux when he was born, my oldest. And I'm like, great, I just had a baby and now he's sick. He's vomiting everything up. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, new fear unlocked. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I think locking arms too with other mothers in the faith who are willing to give you grace. Um, because I wish they all did, but that's not always the case. Um, cause we're humans. Um, and we fail each other and we are very different or we have our own opinions. We're very opinionated creatures. Um, and that I think was another thing. I don't know if you feel the same way. Um, motherhood kind of opened this door to a new level of like judgment or, uh, 
opinions or uh, advice that I didn't ask for. <laughs> and yeah. uh, some people mean well. Um, but I think that's like another thing that can first a new mom can be very crippling. And um, how how do you did that ever um, come up for you? I know that that's, you know, typical to some, but not all new moms. Yeah. You know, I think that um, you do get a little bit of that kind of scrutiny. Like we took extra time before um, leaving our home uh, after we gave birth to her. We wanted to, I mean, we left for like the, the small things, but in terms of introducing her to people, we wanted to get to know her for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, before we did that and, you know, people, people had their, people had their things to say, of course. Um, but I, I feel like in, in everything, people will always have their things to say, right? We don't show her on social media. People don't even know her name, you know? Um, and there, it's so freeing for me to be able to reserve something for, myself for our family and and especially in a world where people feel like they have um a ton of access to you you know uh and so that's been uh something that people have mentioned in passing but again like the way that I work is so different from a lot of people right I Mm -hmm. work remotely my team is in different states in different countries I don't have to deal with you know things like water cooler talk or office politics so right. I don't hear or see a lot of those things mm-hmm. um and I think that that is has been a blessing uh for us so a lot mm-hmm. of times people will will say things like oh this mother said this thing to you or you know whatever but I can't relate because I I think mm-hmm. that I keep our our home life pretty guarded um yeah and uh yeah yeah well I think that to me is like a special way to um you know treat this journey um because it is a journey and absolutely it's okay to not do what's expected of you or what people deem normal especially when it comes to motherhood because I do think that there isn't this entitlement that people do have because they do have this access to us, like you were saying. And I don't think it comes from a negative place. It's probably just something that they've gotten used to that we've all gotten used to and programmed, you know, now in our brain. And it's good to just take a step back and say, this is my real life. (laughs) like the 30 second clip that I share that reel that I posted does not show you me up at night at 4am with her. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't show all the, the little intricate um, pieces of her personality that I'm learning every day. It doesn't show me taking my time to like read with her, learn with her, feed her. And so People do have things to say in the comments or even in DMs and things like that. And the balance of trying to 
honor God with our lives, but also showing up online because you also know you're called to do that as well um, can be very tricky. And I think um, we have to each find how God wants us to navigate those waters. Um, Before you had um, your daughter, do you feel like you kind of were able to figure out a way to balance that your, your, your personal life and your online life. I mean, balance is such a tricky word, I guess, to let it flow together. (laughs) Do you think you kind of felt that you got to a point where you understood how you were to operate in those spaces? Yeah. I mean, I think I'd been doing it for 15 plus years, you know, you get used to, figuring out how things blend together. Um, And a lot of the work that I did was also intertwined with my personal life. So it was easy. Yeah. And then you have a daughter who, you know, those first few weeks, first few months, you're tired all the time. And, you know, when you do get back to work, it's kind of like, all right, now we have this this piece of us that needs to be fed, needs to be entertained, needs to, you know, there's all these things that need to happen. And it's it's like learning all over again. Uh, and, you know, we're in our 30s now at this point. Like, do I really yeah. have the energy or the stamina of a 20 year old? You know, it's um, different. It's just different. It's <laughs> just different. Yeah. Um, and so I think that at every stage we're, we're learning something new, you know, we're learning something Mm -hmm. new. Yeah. And I guess it comes down to being okay with learning something new. Yeah. You know, like being a beginner, it's okay to be a beginner. I think we do struggle with that. It's hard to be a beginner too. It's because it's hard. Nobody wants to Mm -hmm. be a beginner of every, like anything. Everybody wants to be an expert. Um, right. But especially in this day and age, everybody wants to be an expert, but there is beauty in, um, there is beauty in, in starting a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to like, you're humbled, you know, yeah. you don't operate from a place of pride or a place of ego. You operate from a place of, okay, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, but I do have the grace of God to help me. I do have the Holy Spirit to help. And, you know, we're going to figure this thing out. And, you know, how do you think mothers of seven get to, you know, be mothers of seven or, you know, have their children grow up, grow up and grow out of their homes? They were beginners Mm -hmm. at some point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And, you know, especially when it comes to um, whether in a personal life, you know, those roles but also as entrepreneurs or creative people or following the call of God. um, I think it is having that grace for yourself so that you can allow yourself to be a beginner is huge. And, you know, seasons change. You weren't a mother before, but now you are. You're still in the will of God. And that happens, you know, one job is done. You start another job. At some point, we are going to be a beginner multiple times for many different things. And hopefully the sooner we we realize that um, 
it's really how we react, I think, how we um, handle that vulnerability of being a beginner that's going to shape our everyday life. Um, because if we're kind of like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, I should already know, and we kind of are hard on ourselves, I think that's going to make it a little bit harder for us to do the tasks at hand, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, and uh, everything in life that we have experienced up until this point, like everything is a, is a journey. Like you think when you think that you can't learn anything new, that is like, okay, I got you. Here's this thing. And it humbles you all over again. So in my case, it could be motherhood. Um, In your case, it could be something else. There's something new after this, after this, uh, after 10 seasons of podcasting. You know, there's something new that's going to challenge you. There's something new that is going to, um, that's going to humble you. And I think as, as believers, it's, important to have those moments to have those experiences where you don't know you have you haven't a clue you know what's going on but you know you have a god who does who knows everything he he knew the exact circumstance that you would be in before um before you even got there mm-hmm. and he will be your helper through it right absolutely This actually came to my mind when you were talking and uh, I would be really interested to hear um, your thoughts is, yeah, like when you are a beginner, you're starting a new thing, you have to say goodbye to the old thing. How do you, how has it been in your experience, um, your grieving process to say goodbye to an old thing whether it's you know saying goodbye to the zim that wasn't a mom you know what I mean or saying goodbye to your business that you had to sell or the businesses you know that you had to kind of you know be done with you're done with that part of of the season how has that been for you you know grief is is hard um grief is weird it is, you know, one of those things where, like, you could just be having a great day and then you you think to yourself, oh, I don't, I don't have this thing anymore. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I don't have this relationship anymore. Or, oh, I don't have this friendship anymore. And then it just hits you out of nowhere. And so I think that for me, you know, we just, um, we got back from, we spent three weeks in Europe and we were kind of traveling around and moving around and we just have all this stuff. We have her crib, we have her, you know, her toys, we have her clothes, we have her mm-hmm. diaper bag, we have, uh, a, 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 an insulator cooler for her breast milk. I mean, it's just, we, when I tell you we were super light travelers, it was, we, it doesn't matter where we went in the world. We would only have a carry on. 
Mm. That's it. My husband and I would only each have a carry on. I would have my purse and he, he'd have his backpack Four things. That's it. Never checking a bag, nothing. And now we have our daughter and we're on this international trip. We have, you know, we have all these things and suddenly we're not able to move as quickly as we used to. We're not able to have as much space in our hotel room because we have a crib set up and then we have a huge checked bag and then we have our carry-ons and then we have receipt and we have our play mat and we, it's just yeah. everything everywhere. And so I remember thinking to myself, and I know it, it has been a little bit more challenging for my husband. Like we used to just be able to get up and go. We didn't have to think about the size of the Uber. We didn't have to think about these things. We didn't have to think about all the bags that the car would be able to hold or not hold. We didn't have to do any of that. We just got up and went. But now all of a sudden I have to think about, okay, should I freeze my breast milk or should I store it? Or, or should, I'm sorry, should I freeze it or should I, um, you know, just refrigerate it? Oh, I need some ice. Oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. Should we clean the bottles? There's all these things that we have to think about. And there is a moment where I could just say, we don't, you know, we don't have that anymore and grieve that. And that part is hard, Mm -hmm. but anything worth having, I know is worth a sacrifice of some sort. And I, I, when I was, um, praying, I think this was maybe the other day, yesterday, um, I had a thought and I wrote it down and I thought it was so powerful. I haven't like dug into it a little bit more. So it's still kind of fresh, but when we were in Denmark, um, one of the things that I learned is that, um, taxes are very high. So, mm. uh, we're talking 40%, 50%, 60%, wow. even up to 70%, no loopholes. There's no real estate loopholes. There's nothing, nothing. You're going to pay those taxes, whether you like it or not. That's it. Now, <laughs> what do you get in, what do you get in exchange for those taxes? Um, you get free education, you get free childcare, you get okay. free healthcare, um, you get a safe society. So one of the things that Danish women do when they go shopping, they go to a restaurant is they leave their babies in the prams, which are these like lay down oh, yes, strollers. I've seen those. They leave them. Yes. Yeah. They leave them outside. Um, not only do they believe that children need fresh air, they also believe uh, and know that the Danish society is a safe society. There's maybe been like, I don't know, like one murder every like 10 years or something crazy like that. I mean, it's, it's super safe. People don't even steal. And so the Danish code is your baby's out there, your baby's outside. There's nothing to worry about. Mm. In fact, it's so ingrained in their culture that there was a lady, a Danish lady uh, in New York city who was going shopping and left her child, left her sleeping baby outside and ended up getting arrested. This was in the nineties, ended up getting arrested and the child was taken from her. Now, everybody in Denmark was shocked. They were shook, of course, because yeah. in their culture, everything is safe. They pay extra for that assurity, for that, for that assurance mm-hmm. that everything is safe, that everything is covered. And so I think often about, and, and to that point, I mean, let me go back a little bit. I remember talking to two distinct groups of people. I talked to expats, expats, people who were living in another country who came to Denmark. And then I talked to Danish people, the people that came from another country 
to Denmark, they didn't complain that the taxes were high because they would say, you know, hey, the quality of life is here is 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all of these things. Of course, there's certain things that could be better. Of course, there's, you know, this, that and the third. Um, but overall, we like our lives here. And then I would talk to the Danish people and I would say, well, how do you feel about taxes being so high? And they would say, but look at what you get. Mm-hmm. And I always was struck by that because I was like, I thought about the kingdom of heaven. I thought about the kingdom of God. And I thought about the walk that we take daily. It's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice mm-hmm. daily that we have to give um, on our walk with with God. The, the road is is extremely narrow. But as a child of God, I can say, well, look at what you get. Yes, the sacrifice is high, but look at what you get. Look yeah. at the benefits that you get. And even more than the benefits that you would get by living in a country, living in a nation like Denmark, you get access, you get, I mean, there's immeasurable benefits. And so that's a thought that I have been kind of mulling on and, and, and chewing on over the last, um, the last couple of, of days. Actually, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. I had this thought. Um, and you know, I just, Yes, the sacrifice is high. Yes, there's grief in in mourning our, you know, our old lives, but look at what I get. I get a yeah. family, I get a daughter to raise and to rear and to um right. and to take and 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 steer her up in in the way that that she should go, show her what That's it looks right. like to have a praying mother and a praying father and and you know, I I I'm still grappling with with that thought but mm-hmm. in the end it's all it's all worth it yeah uh, absolutely it's that change of perspective in your mind of yeah you know we do have to go through that grieving process and go through the emotion of that sometimes it hits you when you didn't even realize that that was inside of you or that that was something you would experience um yeah even as something as simple as saying goodbye to the podcast, it's easy on the surface to say, oh, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. You just stop doing it. It's a podcast. It's not your life. But then you look at what you invested for the last, last four years and how much it does bring you joy and the friendships that you've connected with. And, you know, you're doing great things in the kingdom. You start grieving that. But then it's like, well, look at all that's available to me now. It's opened up different doors and, you know, I'm able to minister and open up Bible study opportunities. And um, I think sometimes if we keep looking back, we're limiting ourselves and and it's kind of going with a message I'm going to be preaching soon. So let me not share too much, but no, but it's like I think about, I mean, not to get like extreme, but I do think about Lot's wife and this has been on my brain so strongly within the last I don't know, month or so but she turned around to her past when God was trying to bring her to her future and I don't mm. want to do that because yeah. they were warned don't turn around yeah. and there was something that she was grieving she could not let go of and I said Lord I don't want to be like that Um, I need to trust in your mercy in your grace that where you're bringing me 
you were already there before I got there, you know? Right. And right. it is hard because I think we are a people um, in general, but definitely, you know, in church culture where we do praise our performance and we look at all that we have accomplished, which is, you know, can be a great thing. Um, and so the future kind of is blank and we haven't um, done what we our goals yet. You know, we have goals to accomplish and that can feel daunting or overwhelming. But yeah, it's like he's there every step. He has prepared the way. He, his mercy doesn't just um, prepare a future, but it also kind of erases any mistakes from the past. Praise God. And so it's like, okay, well, as long as my heart is right with the Lord and I know this is what he's telling me to do, it really boils down to, do I trust him enough? Do I really trust him enough? And even if it's hard, um, do I trust him to take my heart and turn it into something good? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. You know, I, I, and as I think about this conversation that we're, we're having and just trusting God that he'll take the hard things and turn them into good. Um, I just feel it's just, it's just so reminiscent of our lives, right? Our past might be the hard thing and the good might be the future, but it's, it's almost like the image of um, there's an image that's floating around the internet. Um, and it's of a little girl holding a tattered old teddy bear. And Jesus is on his knees on one knee and he's, he has one arm behind his back and behind his back is uh, a brand new teddy bear, but he's trying mm -hmm. to take, he's trying to take this old tattered bear from this little girl, but she doesn't want to let it go. But in exchange, he has this brand new teddy bear. And I think a lot of times we hold on to our past in that same way, knowing that God wants to exchange that old thing, that hard thing, for a new good thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do remember seeing that too. And um, it definitely reminds me. It circling back to motherhood. I remember my. When it was just my oldest. And I. And he must have been like two. Um, He was definitely not older than two. And he was playing very contently um, at home. And this is when I realized I need to, with his personality, I need to give him transition time between activities or doing things or give him like a little warning of like, we're going to do something different. I'm going to give you some time to understand what's going on. But in a couple of minutes, we're going to change what we're doing rather than just removing a child and, you know, <laughs> going to something different. He needed a transition. Um, and he still does sometimes. Um, but I remember um, picking him up 
And he started freaking out. I put him in his car seat, freaked out, crazy. And he didn't realize we were going to the park, his favorite place. And I was like, he was so content playing. He thought I was taking away something good, but I was giving him something better. Yeah. Um, And now also, you know, as a parenting realize, well, you know, it's not really his fault. Um, He didn't know what was happening and he's an immature child. They're learning. And so us, hopefully we become mature in our Christianity that we begin to trust that if God is changing our surroundings and bringing us to something new, he's going to give us something better. And I, I heard someone say along the lines, I'm going to paraphrase because, um, I can't remember every single, you know, thing a preacher says, but someone said something about it's easy for us to settle on good when God wants to give us great. And we're so content to hold on to this good and hold it real tight. And God's saying that is good, but you're ready for more. You're ready for something different. Um, You're ready for something new. And you can let that go and trust me because I'm going to give you something that's going to, um, make you more of who I've called you to be or that's going to be a bigger blessing to you. And we have this like temper tantrum usually and it kind of full circle kind of goes back to um, just that trusting in the Lord and, and realizing that, you know what, we can trust him because he's not like, people who have hurt us or um, the world that likes to tell you something that sounds too good to be true. And it usually is. And it's like, Jesus isn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's, he has a lot of things that he hasn't told us yet. um, But they usually are much better than we could ever imagine. Of course. hundred percent. There is no too good to be true with God. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I do, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Martha's heart, you know, going back to that scripture, obviously her heart was in the right place. She wanted to serve, but there has to be that, um, the, the flow of the flow between servant and also a disciple. And, listening and being a mom um we have a lot of overstimulation (laughs) yeah and sometimes if we are in quiet introvert which i know i usually am that can be a lot um even though i do talk and i can be very conversational it's usually like when I'm ready, but when my tank is full, I'm going to need a break. And I realized with myself that listening is such a huge aspect of motherhood and discipleship with Christ. They kind of go hand in hand because yes, we are to lead our children. We are to be the, you know, um, nurturers and, training up our children 
but we have to listen to their cues. We have to listen to the conversations that they start beginning to have kind of gives you insight of who they are, who God is kind of molding them to be and listening to your surroundings and listening to the voice of God telling you how to operate in those things. And that's really hard for us to do, especially if we're go-getters or we already think we know what God wants us to do. Let's go, God. Let's go. I'm going to go. And then we end up leaving Jesus behind. And he's like, wait, you don't know the full story. You didn't, you didn't listen to me fully. So, you know, Martha wanting to serve is not the, it's not sinful, but I think not her, not marrying that with listening, um, I think was what he was trying to say. And even though Mary probably should have helped her, (laughs) um, I think it's kind of like, where, where is your heart? You're, She's not, she's not worried about the same things because she's listening to me. Mm. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. It's like, I could add something to that JC, but I'm like that, that, <laughs> that, that it like stands, it stands on, on its own. Mm. Well, that right there too. Knowing when to pause. Nobody does that. Yeah. And the last, since COVID, I mean, God has placed this on my heart because it was COVID. It was the civil unrest. Every year, it's another challenge. It's another cultural war, you know? Every year, it's a problem with our nation or the world. And it's going to keep happening that way. This is just life. We read the Bible. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just new to us because we've never seen it. Uh, this prominent before and especially in our lifetime but god's not surprised by all these things so as a you know we get so uh bold in our advocacy and our you know um wanting to um you know stand up for what is right but we don't take time to pause and even when it comes to online um you know some things god doesn't want me to talk about And it's very difficult for some other people in the faith to understand. But some things he doesn't want me to talk about because he didn't give me my specific platform for that. If you want to talk about it privately, sure. But, and that's not for everyone. But I think it's just practicing the pause is so profound. Because like you said, people want to be experts. (laughs) And and I think it's easy for people to want to share their thoughts and be heard. And I think a lot of that comes with wanting to belong somewhere. And, um, and yeah, so even just you not adding to what I was going to say is such a mature thing um, that we all should, should probably pray about and practice a little bit more. And I know you and I are still working on that. Of course. But but the practice pausing, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah, definitely. There's um, one of the definitions of uh, Selah. They say 
is uh, to pause and praise, to pause and reflect. And, you know, like you mentioned, um, I feel like society always encourages us to have a hot take. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. have a hot take, have an opinion yeah. about everything. Sometimes... Shock, shock us with your knowledge, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it, you know, it things need to breathe. You know, they need to breathe and not everything requires a response. Not everything requires a response. That's so contrary to what we're being taught by the world because everybody's responding. They're talking over each other. And I just feel like there's so much noise. And so sometimes the church, we can add to the noise if we don't practice pausing. That's how I have felt. And I'm like, I'm not going to just spout whatever I want if the ears aren't open to hear. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about that. <laughs> Let the ears, you know, op- are open to hear. Um, and I mean, it's so funny because how many times have people said, well, Jesus, you know, did this and he turned over tables. And I was like, yeah, one time. He did that one time, but many times he actually bowed out and quietly left so many times. Um, I think of Paul. I was just um, teaching my boys this, this past week when we were going through the book of Acts together in our devotional and our family devotions. And in his mission trips, he would share the gospel whenever there was unrest. He knew, okay, it's time to leave. Now, one-on-one is a different story. He would have very challenging conversations. He would ask questions, and you would see this as a theme. But when the crowd starts to come, you know, there were times when he addressed them, but he knew it got to a point where God was saying, okay, you said what you need to say. Now dismiss yourself. And um, yeah, that is really... That is really the the dance <laughs> of, yeah. um, you know, God, I don't think, wants us to fight with the same weapons that the world fights with. And as parents, um, it's easy for us to to tell ourselves we need to be strong and bold, which is true. But how are we acting how are we showing that? Are we trying to be bold and strong the way the world is bold and strong? Because if we do that, it's like borderline abuse. <laughs> but right. when when Jesus is bold and strong, there comes that grace again. There comes that love again. There's that mercy again. And then you know, okay, it's not time to say anything right now. <laughs> yeah. It's time for me to just humbly dismiss myself (laughs) yeah so when you think of um your your what you have learned becoming a mom and um the juggling and how everything the the new flow of your work and and everything like that how have you 
been able to find time for yourself in your walk with God? I had uh, written about this, um, I think in an, in an email um, to my list, I think last week. And I was saying that, you know, my daughter is now much more mobile. So, you know, me on the floor doesn't quite work without her getting into everything and just, you know, wreaking havoc um, in a good way. But sure, I didn't want to be at the mercy of my daughter when it came to my time with God. So I thought to myself, we need some fresh air. So I put her in her stroller and every morning I walk for an hour, an hour and a half. And I pray, I pray out loud. I put on some, um, some nice soaking music or, you know, whatever I feel led to put on and we go walking and this way she can hear me. Um, and she's just taking in God's green earth. And I found that that has been extremely effective in terms of making sure that I spend time with God, but also getting outside, moving, um, has also helped with, um, my mood and, and different things like that. And, uh, I had posted a stat on my Instagram, uh, yesterday and that stat said, um, uh, in a new study, 12 weeks of walking 30 minutes, four times a week, improved memory function and neural connectivity in both cognitively healthy older adults and those with cognitive decline. Why isn't this front page news? And so for me, it's been, um, it's been such a game changer because I get to talk and walk with God, um, and also listen, you know, listen to what it is that he is trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's, I feel like every, every season is, uh, is so different. I remember, um, my daughter was going, um, she was starting swimming lessons and, um, uh, my husband is, is the one that's in the pool with her. And I remember the whole day I was like, oh, Nora's starting her um, her swim lesson, she's going to get dunked. It's going to be great. She's going to get dunked. It's going to be great. And we are at her swim lesson and my husband misses the second step in the pool. And it goes from like, it's like one step and then the bottom of the pool. And so he was expecting that that first step was going to be, the second step was going to be like the first step, but it was to the bottom of the pool. He's holding, he's holding her in his hands. He misses his step and just dunks. And when I tell you, it's like those, the the mm. carnival, like you're, yeah. somebody throws a ball at the thing and then you just go under. Yeah. And he got dunked and she got dunked too. And I thought to myself, wow. And I know this, our words have so much power, mm -hmm. like so much more power than we, um, then we, then we, um, give them. It's so much power that what I had been saying that day came to pass. Yeah. And I think to myself, you know, a lot of times people are engaged in like negative self-talk or like, they'll say things like I'm worthless or I'm, you know, X, I'm Y, I'm Z. Yeah. Not realizing how powerful 
their words actually are. And so, you know, there have been lots of things that I've been learning or relearning in this stage of motherhood um, with God that I'm just like, ah, I should have known better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's um, a scam caller is calling me. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Um no. It's those it's those wrenches that you don't see coming into the plan. <laughs> those yeah. random moments that it's out of our control. Yeah. And I mean, that could be a whole other podcast episode in and of itself is releasing control. Um I can definitely testify that I used to be a control freak. And so sometimes that, that, you know, ugliness can come back for sure. And I think if you're anybody who struggles with anxiety or um, anything like that, having some sort of control makes you feel like you're in control of yourself (laughs) and your emotions. And, um, and something like that um, can make you a nervous wreck. Because then you're always like on eggshells of like, well, something can happen and I can't control everything. Um, Right. And it is true. And we're not supposed to control everything. Um, And uh, yeah, it's really, really, it's really a challenge. Uh, But then it's also a freedom of like, oh, if we truly grow in our faith, and our relationship with God, he gives us this peace and this freedom of fulfill with his spirit. We have the comforter inside of us that we could say, God, I'm not sure what is going to happen and anything could happen today, but I'm going to choose to think that it's going to be good. And yeah. I I was telling my boys this and it, it I've never said it before, but the last week I started really, really feeling the need to tell them um, the older that they get now, they're 11 and seven is, you know, they've been having some emotional challenges as they grow, as we all do. And I try, you know, in our prayers and telling them every day starts off a good day. Every day his mercies are new. Yeah. How we react is going to determine how our day goes. And yes, there are going to be things that we don't know, that we have no idea is going to happen. And we might not react properly. But thank the Lord for repentance. And thank the Lord that we could come to him and we can bow at his feet and say, God, you are the only one who knows what's happening and I'm going to trust you. And... Just just really telling them every day starts off good. Um, and I feel like if we have that mind, like if we can wake up with our mind saying, no, today's a new day and it's good. Just tell us, just tell yourself that it's a new day and it's good. Then that kind of puts you on the trajectory of being more positive. So when things like that happen, um, at least you didn't start the day low. 
You didn't start the yeah, day kind of exactly. grumbling because when those things happen, then you are going to go lower. Uh, so I guess I'm just trying to say that, you know, it's just good to try and start the day on a high note. <laughs> so when those things happen, um, you're not trying to scramble uh, so, f- you know, far. Um, but yeah, that's what came to my mind when you were sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So um, good. Well, Zim, I really do appreciate your heart, and I I really enjoy talking about this. I know that this is going to be, you know, a blessing to to everyone listening. I would love it if you could, um, just for a couple minutes, if you can just minister to someone listening right now. I know I have people from all ages, men and women, but I specifically am thinking of a young lady who maybe is finishing college and she's very scared of the next step or someone who is pregnant and becoming a mom. Anyone that is on the cusp of a new season and they have kind of that fear of the unknown, how would you encourage that person? Yeah. One of my favorite um, things that I wrote in my book, Dare to Bloom, was um, a segment within a chapter called Don't Gut the Fish. And it is about the story of Jonah and um, and the whale, obviously. Um, and when Jonah was in this whale, I'm sure that he had a knife, he had a pocket knife, he had some kind of tool that he used in his daily life. Um, He could have cut open the fish. He could have got the fish from the inside out, but he had no way of knowing whether this fish was 200 feet from the surface of the water or a hundred miles from shore. And cutting himself out of that fish would have very surely meant death for him. What I love about this story and what I love about, um, there's a particular scripture that says that Jonah was delivered onto dry land. And when we think about our own circumstances and the things that we're going through, it's so painful that we just want God to just cut us out of it. Right. We want to say, Hey, like, all right, I get it. It's painful, but I'm just not ready. Like to go through the whole process. I want, you know, abort mission, abort mission, You know, but we do that and we want to get out of the hard things, the new seasons, the the painful endings. We want to get out of those things. But what we should always remember is that if we stick with it, if we stay in it, God is going to deliver us unto something. And scripture tells us that he delivered Jonah onto his own two feet on dry land. And so if that isn't something that is just a reminder of the providence of God, that if we stick with what he's trying to deliver us into, he is always going to deliver us in, onto dry land, our own two feet, ready to go into the next season. And so if you are a woman who is just, um, you know, just newly pregnant or getting ready to deliver and you're just worried about what this next season is going to look like, just hold on for the ride because it is going to be a ride, but stay in it. Don't, don't get the fish. God is going to deliver you onto dry land. Same thing 
with a young woman who's just finished school, who just doesn't know, you know, what's next. Stay in whatever season God has you in. It might feel confusing. It might feel hard, but you're in it for a reason. And God will always deliver you onto dry land if you stick with him. So good. I love that. And I do, and I have enjoyed your book. I do enjoy all of your writing. Um, I do get your emails too, by the way. You guys need to get on that. Um, lots of nuggets there. And I, I appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your heart. I love that you are standing in the gap um, and truly sharing the gospel and the love of Jesus while also, um, you know, walking this entrepreneurial life. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's truly paving the way for the next generation because I think this is where a lot of, you know, people are going nowadays. So thank you so much, Zim, for sharing your heart with me today. Um, If you could share where everyone can find you on social media, um, that would be great. Yep. Um, You can find me at Zimism, Z-I-M-I-S-M, on all social media platforms, and Zimism.com is my um, website. Uh, if you want to join my email list, it is join.zimism.com. That, that, uh, wait, oh my gosh. <laughs> if you want to join my email list, it is join.zimism.com backslash assets, A-S-S-E-T-S. Yep, Thank that's you, you can find so me. much. Thank you. Of course. I appreciate it. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Live? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.